Aloha. Welcome to The Conversation. I'm Catherine Cruz. Coping during the global coronavirus crisis, that's our topic at our roundtable talk today. We sincerely want to help, so we're tapping the expertise of resources in our community as we try and understand what we're feeling. How do we recognize what's driving our behavior in this scary time? How do we best deal with our fear? What is driving the compulsion to buy all that darn toilet paper? Is the sky falling? The stock market surely has been, so were those preppers right all along? Strategies for coping. What can help calm you down? Our guests today are joining us over the phone. Dr. Jim Spira is a licensed psychologist and a recurring guest on our program over the years. He holds a doctorate in counseling uh, psychology and a master's in public health from UC Berkeley and uh, uh, completed a postdoctoral fellowship in psychiatry from the Stanford School of Medicine. Uh, he is past president of the Hawaii Psychological Association, former director of the National Center for PTSD, and former professor of psychiatry at the University of Hawaii. He is board certified in clinical health psychology. Welcome, Dr. Spiro. Thank you. And Mitchell Lee Marks describes himself as an organizational psychologist who works with businesses and their members in dealing with change and disruption. Mitchell lives on the Big Island. He's president of the consulting firm JoiningForces.org and emeritus professor of leadership at San Francisco State University. He's an elected fellow of the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology and has been named one of the... um, top 30 global gurus in corporate culture for the past four years. Marx is a, a prolific author of books and has been published in the Harvard Business Review and MIT Sloan Management Review. Hi there, Mitchell. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we could get you on the Big Island there. Now, uh, thank you both for agreeing to be available this morning as we reach out across the islands to help each other and to help ease the stress that we are feeling. But before we launch into this thing, um, indulge me for a second because there's been a source of stress for some, and, and that's news reports uh, of, you know, well, well, actually it's mixed messages, right? But there was a recent... Uh, news report uh, about a falling out between Governor David Ige and Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Uh, Our partners at Honolulu Civil Beat reported this week that uh, Lieutenant Governor Green had been iced out of certain meetings and news conferences dealing with the virus, even though he was tapped to be the liaison with the medical community for the task force. Green now says he and the governor have worked out their differences, and Green says he will be part of future news conferences, including one this afternoon. Here's part of a conversation we had this morning talking about that meeting he had with Governor Ige. All pal, we're good. So we had a good hour together, uh, more than an hour together, and we're on the same page. Uh, We just need some clarification about what my best role was to stop the virus. So that's what I'm doing. And here we are on the other side making sure that we set up the hospitals, get them all ready in case we have a surge of coronavirus. But uh, we, we had a very good time together. We'll be doing our press conference together today about the, uh, the state of our hospital preparation. And also uh, he will be talking, of course, about updated cases, I'm sure. We'll have lots of updates to share with people throughout the day. In addition to that, of course, much of the large preparation has to go on in case we have a surge, and a lot of that's the work that's going on. Okay, so just to be clear, you are still the liaison with the uh, healthcare folks, right, with all the doctors? Yeah, I'm on the healthcare response. I'm coordinating the healthcare response for our state. So is part of this resolution that you are going to be appearing at these news conferences from here on in where it makes sense? Yeah, twice a week uh, on press conferences. I'll be on all the talk shows, probably mornings. Uh, to make sure I give the statewide update on any number of issues, you know, anything that I'm, as a physician, uh, able to talk about. And also doing some of the larger planning, all in support of General Hara's effort, who is at the center of things. Okay, that was uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Josh Green, who is an ER doctor. He did mention the need to identify a 1,000-bed temporary facility in a worst-case scenario, possibly in the Blaisdell area. More details about that are expected to be covered later at that news conference this afternoon. So there you have it, and I I will just, uh, you know, put that out because this kind of reminds me of, you know, if you're in a family and your parents are feuding, and it's very stressful. Absolutely, (laughs) Catherine. Uh, we know from studying post-traumatic stress disorder in the military that when you have faith in your command, that you do better. When you have no faith in your command, you're much more likely to get traumatized. We know from studying stress in uh, children that when there's a stable family situation and the parents have friendly disagreements with each other and they can tell there's lots of love there, the kids do well. But when 
the family is shouting, screaming, throwing things. The kids don't fare so well. So, yes, it's good to see that they're working together. Yeah, but we have to also appreciate these are trying times. Uh, just we're seeing a microcosm of what's happening here for the macrocosm. That's what's happening between uh, the, uh, the dialogue between Fauci and Trump. There's a tension between the economic health of the country and the public health of the individuals that needs to be a constant dialogue and worked out. So I'm not particularly distressed personally by the conflicts that we're seeing between the governor and lieutenant governor. I think it's a constructive dialogue that needs to be continually revisited. Right. I mean, we are in a crisis, and uh, uh, it would be nice if we had, uh, if everybody was on the same page and we didn't have those mixed messages. It just, it, it can cause extra stress for, for some people. But thank you for that, uh, Dr. Spira. Um, uh, Mr. Marks, <laughs> what do you think? Mitchell, are you there? Oh, we might have lost uh, Mitchell Marks. Uh, we will try to get him back on the line there. Uh, but Dr. Spira, um, you know, uh, anything that you can, uh, I guess, recommend that we do when when we find ourselves either, you know, watching these news conferences and seeing these conflicting messages, um, you know, but take a deep breath, exhale. <laughs> well, a number of things. First of all, again, I think there's there's not one simple answer to anything, and there's a lot of committed and intelligent people trying to figure out what to do. I don't think anyone's have has, you know, bad intent. I think everyone has good intent. And so to for us to rest assured that there's a lot of smart and committed people trying to do the best thing. And uh, there's, as I say, a bunch of moving parts to it. And they have to have some conflict, some dialogue, some trade-offs. You know, I, I'm a therapist and a, I have a public health background. So I always think what's in the best interest for the individual public health, the individual health as well. And so I tend to err on that side. But I do appreciate that everyone needs to get food on their table. They need to have a job as well. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the dialogue that's going on. So putting in perspective, I think, is good. When we see that there's a bunch of different uh, thoughts going on about this, good. Let the conversation be there. Let, let the dialogue persist. I think that's terrific. But okay. there's... I want to emphasize that we can be too absorbed in the news, especially when we're shut away like this and with less to do, perhaps. We can get too absorbed in watching the news, and that can often not be helpful. It can be stressful. And stress is not good, especially for our immunity these days. If we want to do what's best for our personal health, we have to manage our stress, manage our worry, maybe watch the news, get a good news summary once a day for less than an hour. We won't miss anything important. We catch up once an hour on things, or once a, once a day for an hour on things. But it's very important for us to manage our well-being, and that'll be the best thing we can do to fight this virus, as well as take all the, of course, public health measures that have been put out there. Okay, and we have Mitch back on the line. Uh, you're there, right, Mitch? <laughs> I am here. Okay. Well, a any thoughts about, you know, the... Uh, uh, the division, you know, that we apparently had between uh, uh, the governor and lieutenant governor, and now that's been resolved. How are you seeing that? Yeah. So what's interesting to me at this is a, a situation like the coronavirus does not create bad relations between people. It may expose it. So, for example, if, if, if you're parents and you've been having a rocky road for the last year or two, don't blame the virus for what's going on in your family's communication. The virus is not creating the friction. The virus might be, might be exposing it. So you just, if that's your situation, you need to be extra careful, extra careful in communicating. Talk with your partner about what you're gonna say to the children or relatives. I mean, literally have a little planning meeting. That's what the Lieutenant Governor and the Governor did today, right? They, they, they aired their issues in private, and now hopefully they're going to bring a, a shared uh, face going forward. Um, Dr. Sparrow mentioned the word stress, and if you don't mind, I, 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 I agree with him completely. There's only three ways to manage stress. Um, 
whether it's the coronavirus or dealing with traffic in Honolulu. Uh, one, one way is you avoid it. If, if you um, drive an hour and a half through traffic to get to work, you either have to move closer to your work or you have to quit your job and move closer to your home. Easier said than done, of course. The second way is to change your perspective on it. I drive an hour and a half to work, but it's the only time I'm by myself. It's the only time I get to listen to HPR2 and listen to classical music, and I love it. So you're still having the stressor, but you're changing your attitude about it. And the third option is to manage the symptoms. So you're going to go to bat, have an hour and a half drive, you're going to get upset by it, you're going to get stressed out. So you either go to the gym after work or you go to happy hour after work. As a psychologist, I have to recommend if you go to happy hour, just have one drink. But the point, so, so how this rely, relates to the coronavirus is the first option is to avoid it. Well, you can't avoid it. But what you can do is make super sure that you are doing everything that's appropriate, sanitizing your hands, washing your hands frequently, social distancing. We tend to think that we're immune. We're better than the average Joe. I don't need to do that. The other person needs to do that. No, you need to correct that from your thinking. So just be a super, super good person when it comes to doing all the right things. Secondly, you could change your perspective about it. And this is something that I think people have a lot of control over. If you, let's say it's not just stay at home, let's say you have to be self-quarantined, your attitude hopefully will be not that, oh my God, this is being imposed on me. Hopefully your attitude will be, I'm doing my little part in protecting the islands from even more cases of this. It's small, but it's more than nothing. And so you find yourself as doing the right thing, and you should feel good about yourself rather than feel imposed upon yourself. And the third thing, manage your symptoms. You know, well, you can't go to the happy hour. You can't go to the gym right now. You can exercise at home. What a great opportunity. I go to the gym four or five days a week, but I hate doing abs, for example. Okay? I just hate doing abdominal exercises. But now that I'm at home and don't have weight equipment at the gym, I'm going to start doing ab exercises because that's <laughs> something I can do. Again, it's small. It's not going to change the virus. But it's something for your psychological well-being that's going to make you say, at least I'm doing something. And it's okay to be a couch potato and watch, binge watch some TV also. But the point is, do something. A little bit of something is better for your mental health than nothing. Okay, so you're, you're, um, you're trying something new, and you're probably going to help your abs. Call me back in a month, and I'll let you know whether I have any better apps. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, we did uh, uh, ask for uh, email and uh, phone calls from our listeners, and we did get this one, uh, kind of a heartbreaking one, uh, from Jada. Uh, she writes, Aloha, and thank you for doing this. I am an airport worker. On any given weekend, I would see anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 visitors. I made the decision to not report to work until it was safe. March 15th was my last day. When my shift was over, I went to my car and I broke down in tears. My mom's birthday was March 20th. Both of my parents have passed away and are in a better place. I wished I was with them. I was also screaming in the car because our leaders, both federal, state, and county levels, are so incompetent. Spending most of my time on Facebook probably is not helpful, but I have friends in China who have gone through COVID-19. Facebook is the best way of keeping up with them. Other than that, I only go out for groceries to do errands, medical appointments, or getting exercise for me and my dog. So what do you say to our listener who wrote this in? Um, Dr. Well, Vera? if I might, I think that that's, as you say, it's heartbreaking. It's what a lot of people are going through right now, this change of our, of our habits, change of what we're used to, is difficult, always difficult. We work hard to get into a routine that sustains us, that we know we can trust. And when that breaks down, it's terrifying. So that's usually associated with fear, sadness, anxiety. That's all right. You know, that's part of the transition. It's all right to feel that. But it sounds like the listener also has a lot of good positives that she's doing. The going out and doing these activities are terrific. The 
uh, staying connected with friends in China, that's fabulous. That's really great. So I want to just mention, this brings to mind, that we need to not be obsessed with what we can't do. We need to focus on what we can do. There's a tremendous amount that we still can do. If you're out of work, you can apply for unemployment benefits temporarily to help you out. If you're a small business owner, you can apply for small business administration grants and aids. Uh, if you're jammed on the computer and you can't get through, you can call, you can email, and have them send you a paper version. There's always things that you can do. I used to go to the gym. I can't go to the gym. Okay, I work out from home. I jog down the street. I put on a yoga video, and I follow the yoga video. There's always things you can do to improve your quality of life right now. I, I would I would add, um, first of all, what a, what a truthful and from the heart email. And there's I, I would urge the writer of the email to not at all feel there's something wrong with me right now. This is perfectly normal, perfectly healthy, and the expression of it is just so helpful. And so I would urge your other listeners, you don't have to write an email. You can keep a personal journal and express these things. Now, to follow up on the email, um, first of all, I would thank this person who wrote the email that she went to work that day. Because imagine all the people at the airport who had to get to where they're going. And she helped that. She facilitated it. I don't care whether she was a TSA person or selling a bottle of water at the, at the concession stand. She did something to help people's trips, and she should feel good about that. I would extend that to say, when she, in addition to the many wonderful things she's doing, when she goes to the grocery store, thank the people who are working there. I called Costco yesterday to ask if something was in stock, and the first thing I said was, first of all, Thank you for being here at work. You're doing us a service. And this woman actually started crying because no one had told her that yet. And so the act of thanking somebody else is psychologically healthy for ourselves. Um, so if you can extend that kindness, just like this woman who wrote the wonderful email or the very sad email um, was there to serve the people that she gets paid to do, Pass that on to others. The, the final point I'd like to make here is, is, is Dr. Spears said something hugely important, and that's the word control. You cannot control what you cannot control. You can seek unemployment benefits, but you can't control when you'll be hired back. Focus on what you can do rather than what you cannot do. I know someone a couple of weeks ago, went to Europe before things got to lockdown, and he knew full well what he was getting into. Uh, he had a, his, his father was very ill and decided to go to Europe to deal with his father, and he made that choice. He's still going to be quarantined for two weeks when he comes back, but his attitude is not, again, this is being imposed on me, but I'm making a trade-off. I'm getting to visit with my family going to have difficulty getting back to the islands, but when I do, I decided to do this. So the sense of control is, is probably the hugest thing that I could offer to anybody. Do focus on what you can control. Try to avoid just uh, reviewing your mind over and over again what you can't control. All right. Well, if you are just joining the conversation, we're talking about coping during this unprecedented health crisis, and we would like to hear from you. You can join the discussion by calling us at 941-3689 or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. We have online with us uh, two guests, Dr. Jim Spira, licensed psychologist on Oahu and past president of the Hawaii Psychological Association, and Dr. Mitchell Marks, an organizational psychologist who works with businesses and their workers dealing with change and disruption. Uh, you know, we uh, uh, did also solicit uh, comments from our listeners. Um, we will go to one uh, uh, from here on Oahu first. Hi, I'm a resident of Oahiwa. I have noticed that there's people at different places like Tamuas, Foodland, where people are just standing right behind each other, inches behind each other. 
literally inches. And in some cases, people don't care. You tell them that things are really bad, they should stay away more than six feet, and people get upset, they have to do that. People don't understand how serious this matter is. They don't respect or have concern for other people. So that sounded like this person is very anxious about what he's seeing, you know, because we're being told about social distancing and physical separation. And, and so um, it, it's making him nervous. And Catherine, I don't blame him, as they say. Yeah, this gets back to the point of control. This person, again, it's legitimate that he's anxious. He has every right to be anxious. But he cannot control where other people stand. He can ask them politely, could you please stand back? If, if they refuse to, he can look at the cashier and say, cashier, I'm going to back up six feet, but I'm next in line. Don't drive yourselves crazy about things you can't control. You can't control what other citizens do, but if you want to tell the cashier, I'm going to stand over here, but please keep my place in line, that's something you can control. It's interesting that there's so much denial, and I understand that. People don't want to have to face these situations. Uh, it's, it's unlike anything I've experienced in my life. I remember talking to my mother the other day, who's 96 years old, and said, Mom, you've gone through the Great Depression. You've gone through World War II. What's this like? She goes, oh, yeah. We didn't think we'd get through those events. We'll get through this one, too. So she's able to take it in stride. I talked to a lot of my veteran patients who have been through war, and they're taking it in stride, too. It's, it's about perspective. And, and people who haven't had those extreme circumstances, they're often more in denial. Uh, there's corona parties people are having. How crazy is that? They think they're immune to it, or they just don't want to believe it. So... Again, we can't control them. We can advise them that that's not in their best interest because even if they're young and maybe they're not going to die, but they have a chance of spreading it to others, if they don't care about that, they have a chance of getting severe permanent lung scarring. Uh, so some people, even with those kind of warnings, that's not enough. So as uh, Dr. Mark said, the best we can do is control ourselves. If I walk into Tamara's Safeway and see something like that, I'll turn around and walk out and go somewhere else. So we can only control our response. We can roll our eyes. We can complain. But the bottom line is you have to protect yourself and do what's best for yourself. You know, my, my son came up to the house uh, the, uh, last night, and, you know, I gave him a hug when he left. And, you know, I was like, I want to hug my kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Is that touch, sure. you know? Uh, it, it, well, that's that's part of the situation, Catherine, because I don't go to this. I, 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 I know better. I go to the store, and I might ask an, another customer a question about which of these two products do you like better. And I realize I shouldn't have asked that question. So a lot of it is habit. A lot of it is normally wanting to hug your, your, someone you know closely or shake hands with someone. And, and, and it, it's hard to break those habits. So um, have a little tolerance for yourself. Have a little tolerance for others. Uh, we have to cut each other a lot of slack right now. I like that. Now, maybe, Dr. Marks, were you in San Francisco in 1989, October of 89? No, but I, I hate to say this, I'm a Dodger fan from the Bay Area, and I was watching the game on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so it was remarkable. I was still in school back then, and that was during the big earthquake. And San Francisco can be a sketchy place like any major city can be. But I was amazed at how people pulled together in a time of crisis. It was really remarkable. I, my faith in humanity really surged. We really have it in us to be empathic, respectful, caring. And now the longer this drags out, that might start to wear sort of thin. But I really have faith that we can pull together and, and really be the best that we can be during these times of crisis. And we have to model that for others. Someone came up, I was walking my dog the other day, someone came up and they were socially distancing and uh, stayed 
six feet away because that was the length of the leash and started to pet my dog. And I said, oh, that's so sweet, but I'd appreciate it if you don't pet the dog because then I won't be able to pet the dog. Oh, you know, oh my goodness! And they went, "Oh, wow. right, sorry, forgot." I went, "That's okay. I appreciate your effort." And you know, it was nice to chat with the person and move on. But yes, we just have to be aware and be friendly with each other. Okay. Well, this and, is this is the conversation on Hawaii Public Radio today. We're focused on helping you cope during these stressful times. You can join the discussion by calling one eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break. Each week, New Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Tuttle, author of The World Peace Diet. Next time on New Dimensions, I'll be talking about eating for spiritual health and social harmony. Sunday morning at 11. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from the Honolulu Museum of Art, with a mission to create transformative experiences through art and committed to standing with the community during this time. Updates on reopening at honolulumuseum.org. And Dr. Spiro or Dr. Marks, was there anything else you wanted to add um, about uh, that particular call or uh, our conversation? Yeah, there? I, I, would, I would just say, um, you know, the, the doctor and I have been chatting about being in control and, and avoid things like denial. It, 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 it's, when I said cut each other some slack, I also should have said cut yourself some slack. And I mentioned earlier about keeping a journal. And this could be an individual thing or a family thing. At the end of the day... Make two columns. What did I do well today? What am I proud of? What could I have done better today? And in one column, you put the fact that I stayed six feet away from people at Safeway. In the other column, you put, I pet this beautiful dog, and I shouldn't have done that. Um, the point is that by keeping the journal, that will reinforce in your mind, next time I see such a nice dog, I shouldn't pet it. Because we're, we are all human, and um, we're frail, and we're accustomed to our habits. But if you start writing down what you are proud of yourself about today and what could be done better tomorrow, it is going to create some circuits in your mind about, I'll be better tomorrow. You'll feel good about doing something. And by the way, use the journal to vent. If you're upset because your neighbor did something that you thought was out of line, and, and you're going to call them out on it, which is fine. Write it, you know, express it. Write it down. That's more than nothing. That's a I good idea. journaling is very powerful, always, but, all, but certainly in a situation like this. Yeah, very good idea. Uh, very good tip. Uh, we do have a call coming in from the Big Island. Dory, you're on the line. Aloha. Thank you. I just wanted to make a couple of comments about what, my son and I are doing home, hunkered down. Uh, you know, I'm part of the DOE, so I can't go to work right now. However, my son has a mental health severe uh, diagnosis that, you know, this situation with this COVID, the worry, the stress, all of that can really be a tipping point if you are fragile mentally with a mental health diagnosis, like my son. So we are doing really mindful little things. I've got post-its around the house with little affirmations. This morning I got him out doing the yard with me. I'm assuring him everything's okay. You know, it's really vital right now to keep our mental health sort of balanced, if that's even possible right now to do to the maximum level. But we also do a lot of rescue dog work. So our dogs bring us a lot of joy, comfort, you know, it's never time wasted, I say. Um, and also, you know, we have very few stores and resources to draw from as it is. You know, we have one Safeway, one Target, one Walgreens. You know, so for us, we really have to practice that aloha that you folks are talking about. Safeway is totally solid here. They have lines where you stand. 
they've got plexiglass dividing the cashier and you now. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really something that the majority of people here are being really mindful and sharing that spirit. You know, our family, we're sharing groceries, goods. Hey, what do you have? I'm out of this. What do you have? I'm out of that. You know, all of that is actually great takeaways from the situation. Well, good for you, uh, Dory, uh, for what you're doing there. Um, you know, it, it is tough when you have special needs uh, children because uh, it's just that much more difficult. Uh, Dr. Spur, you want to chime in here? Yes, thank you, Dory. Uh, I love that you pointed out the extra sensitivity that we have to have right now for people with mental health issues in this situation. It's difficult enough for people with depression, anxiety, autism, other issues uh, during normal routine. During this, it can be especially scary for such individuals and their caregivers. So I love what you said, that you redirected the attention, the energy to what you can do. Find new activities. The rescue dogs are fantastic. Other activities that look at the great opportunities we have now put a positive spin on things, can be very reassuring. And remember, for the caregivers of people with mental health problems, the way you react to a stressful event is going to very much model the way that they're going to react to a stressful event. So staying calm, clear, even optimistic. What can we do? What have we been wanting to do? What movies have we been trying to see? What great American novels have been wa we've been waiting to write? Whatever it is that you can do, this is a great opportunity, and focusing on those will really reassure and help those that have difficulty coping and adjusting. So thank you for that call. Dr. Marks? Yeah, a couple of points. One is um, you mentioned about the rescue. If you happen to be by yourself right now, um, having a pet, would, if you would like one, would be a, a very healthy thing to do. Um, I, I don't know where the status of the Humane Society is. I know here on the Big Island, the Humane Society has just announced it's limiting itself to the most essential. But I have to believe that if you want to adopt a dog or a cat, whatever, uh, they're going to help you with that. So, so if, if you're feeling totally alone, totally outcast from the rest of the world, something like a pet may be something that, that you want to consider. Um, the other thing that I, I would just add to the modeling, I, I cannot agree more that, that the modeling is at top, but I, I, I would urge, I would caution people not to be sugar-coated. I agree with, with Dr. Sarah that it should be optimistic, because you're going to hear the downside on Facebook. Whoever's in your family is going to hear the downside. Um, so, so certainly balance that out with, with more optimistic, you know, the numbers in, the numbers in, um, in China are leveling. Uh, the cases in California are spiking sooner than expected, which may sound odd. It may sound like a bad thing, but the point is the whole purpose of all this stay at home is to manage the spike. And if it's spiking sooner rather than later, that's a good thing. So there is some good news on the science of this. But I would make sure that you give at least a balanced approach to what you say. Don't, don't, don't be in denial. Uh, 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 you, but I, I, in addition to the optimism, give a, give a little dose of realism also. You know, and I have a question. Uh, for someone who might have like an obsessive compulsive disorder and is maybe ger germophobic, you know, uh, does a crisis like this, you know, make it worse? Is the anxiety level even higher? Oh, yes. <laughs> to be expected. Absolutely. Uh, but again, it can be an opportunity to look at the issue, uh, it's easier, I find, as a therapist to work with something like an anxious, obsessive compulsive disorder when it exacerbates because then it becomes even stronger, easier to see, and more necessary to control. And the way to control that is to be able to tell oneself, look, worrying about this is not helpful. In fact, what I'm worried about is not the problem so much as the worrying about it is the problem and this is the nature of anxiety and OCD the worrying about it is 
more of a problem than the thing that I'm worried about. When someone can recognize that, then they can start to say, okay, I'll worry about something if I can act on it to improve the situation. So I'm upset personally at the lack of testing, and I'm going to be very active in making sure that we're uh, that our state and federally we're going to be prepared next time to have more testing kits because if we had enough testing kits that everyone could be immediately tested, that would shut down this problem, right? So, okay, that's something I can act on. I can write letters. I can start doing public advocacy for that. But beyond that, worrying about it, being angry about it, only makes me sicker, only makes me more upset. It doesn't do anything good. So my point being, for people that find themselves excessively worrying or being obsessively uh, distressed about something, ask yourself, is this really helping to solve a problem? If it is, okay, act on it to improve the situation. But once you're done writing a letter or speaking to someone or acting on it, then set it aside because it's only harming yourself. It's better to redirect your attention to something that you can do that's productive. Okay, we are inviting our listeners to join our discussion by calling 941-3689 or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. We do have a call from the Big Island, another one. Carla, you're on the air. Uh, aloha. Hi, yeah. I have Asperger's syndrome. I can, I can go from zero to stratosphere in about two seconds. And I started researching uh, techniques, methods, something to reduce and I ran across a couple of neurologists that are working on this, on the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic nervous system and how to reduce anxiety. And I started doing these breathing techniques, one of which is uh, you breathe in five, you hold it for seven, and exhale for eight. And I found that um, when I did that, my anxiety level would go way down real fast. I've even used it to go to sleep when I, when I feel like I can't sleep and I'm worrying. And I'm just wondering, do you know much about the parasympathetic nervous system, the vagus nerve and um, connective tissue and all that that has to do with this? And what is your suggestion? Absolutely, Carla. Thank you for offering that and for the research you've done and the practice you've been doing to get control over your parasympathetic nervous system. Just briefly, let me mention that uh, we have an aspect of our brain and our nervous system is divided in, it's called the autonomic nervous system that helps us with automatic activities like uh, fight or flight, that would be the sympathetic nervous system, and the rest and recuperative qualities, the parasympathetic nervous system. These are uh, pathways that go from our brain out to organs that increase or decrease our heart rate, our breathing, our adrenaline, our blood sugar response, blood flow to the muscles, etc. So if we're walking down a path and a saber-toothed tiger suddenly crosses our path, we kick into gear, right, to either start throwing rocks at it, climb a tree, or get the hell out of Dodge. Then when we get back to our cave, we roll the boulder in front of the door, we then can relax, rest, recuperate, right? This is a natural, healthy part of our survival. But unfortunately, when something like the coronavirus is around, we feel like the saber-toothed tiger is always there. So it gets us kind of jacked up. It gets our nervous system really jacked up, our adrenaline, our difficulty sleeping, worrying more, feeling like we're always in a fight or flight. That's not helpful. In fact, that does impede our immune response. It does harm us, literally. So to be able to control that is a very important thing to do. And as Carla has been mentioning, using the breath, slowing down the breathing, counting, perhaps uh, just sitting, putting your hands over your lower belly and counting 30 slow, relaxed breaths or doing sometimes square breathing, inhaling for a count of five, holding it for five, releasing for a count of five, holding it out for a count of five. Anything that's going to help, focus your mind on the moment, let go of the excessive worries, calm your body. It's going to be very, very helpful to one's mental health, emotional health, and immune health. And, and Carla, thank you for bringing this up to the listeners because this is something you don't have to only do at home. You could do it 
but let's go back to the example of the, of the uh, email where, where people were not keeping six feet away at Safeway or whatever the store was. And by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt myself, but a shout out to the people who were still working at Safeway or wherever else and all the grocery stores. Just thank you. I, I just feel so appreciative that you are going into work. You're putting yourself a little bit in harm's way. And I just personally, you know, I, I know this is out of line a little, Catherine, but I just want to thank these people who are doing their jobs. No, so very good Now to point. get back to Carla's call, let's say you're standing in line at Safeway, and the person's not on top of you. They're not, but they're not, maybe they're three feet away, okay? Maybe they're not as far away as you want them to be. Again, you can't control them, but you can do some of these, you know, you don't have to put your hand on your belly. You can do what the doctor's saying, but just do it in your mind. Just stop and and, and, and be conscientious, mindful about your breathing, and uh, see if that helps. I, I think I, 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 uh, I think the doctor described the, the pair, uh, you know, the, 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 the physiology of this perfectly, and it, 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 this breathing is, is a tremendous way to help in, in the short term, very much so. You know, can we talk uh, for a second about the psychology of, you know, panic buying, you know, the hoarding, I mean, this toilet paper thing, it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> well, it is, and it is a social phenomenon that when I see someone else put multiple rows of toilet paper in their cart, I start thinking, wow, that seems like a normal person. I better do the same thing. So I think I'm normal. So if a normal person is putting all these rolls of toilet paper um, then I'm going to do the same thing. Same thing with the stock market. It, 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 you know, anyone who tells you that uh, you can buy stocks based on charts is crazy. You buy stocks based on psychology. And there's a lot of panic selling. And of course, the last couple of days have been few. But we tend to be followers when it comes to this. It, it's, a, it's a very subtle form of peer pressure. These people look normal, they look healthy, they're hoarding something, so I better do it also. So there is a group mentality aspect that comes to this. You know, we did get a, another um, listener call in, this one from Kauai. Yes, hello. My name is Blake Starr. I'm calling, calling from the northern tip of the Big Island, a little town called Javi Town. I am a local artist here, and my, my goal is to spread positive affirmations to my community by being creative and thinking positive thoughts. I'm an artist. I have a little corner in town where I give away free art, keep Aloha alive, and bring joy to the people that are isolated in their homes. Aloha. Okay, that was from the Big Island, not Kauai. Uh, but yeah, positive affirmations. I think that's really lovely of him to be trying to reach out and really be an example of the Aloha spirit, which I think draws a lot of us and keeps a lot of us here, because that is such a wonderful spirit to have. And the more we can balance out our worries with that Aloha, I think that's really fantastic. And I would add to that, it doesn't have to be something as high and mighty as artwork or, you know, and this is going to sound very small because it is, but a neighbor told me the other day that, that she, she goes to Costco and she buys these huge bags of broccoli, and she always fails to run out of the broccoli before it goes back. So now, two days ago, she went and she sorted the broccoli out between what's fresh and what's not fresh, or not so fresh, and she used the stuff that's not so fresh in her own home, but she bagged up and left outside at her neighbor. She didn't contact the neighbor. I'm not, probably she should have contacted the neighbor, but she left, she didn't want to get too close, so she left a nice note saying, look, I can't use this. If you can use it, great. If not, pass it on. I mean, we're talking about broccoli, not artwork here. <laughs> so um, I understand that, that, that some of us think that they're, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you don't have to be grandiose. You can do something very simple. If you have extra food on your farm, just put it on the street. These are little things that you could do to help the community, but they're obviously going to make you feel good also. And that, I, 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 I'm going to intentionally make it sound a little selfish here. This is good for you, too. And it could be very small. All right, there you go. And let's now go to that one call from Kauai. 
This is Gilbert Jacoby calling from Hanalei Bay. Uh, I would suggest the possibility, just something for the suggestion box, um, maybe consider uh, fast and pray. Or you could say pray and fast, however you like it. Uh, scripturally, it says fast and pray. This might be an opportune time Allah. There you go. You know, folks uh, seek solace with the, their religion. Well, not just with religion. I think that can be very helpful. It's difficult. I see the churches are not holding services, at least uh, maybe they are virtually. But this is a great time to reconnect just with one spirit and become more unified, to let go of worry, even just for 5, 10, 20 minutes every day, and find the solace that we have within us and with our family and with our immediate environment. We're in such a beautiful environment, and to take a walk, to take a hike, to go into the ocean, if you can find a beach entrance that they're allowing you into, especially up in Hanalei area, that's just gorgeous. So there's a lot we can connect with that can rejuvenate us. We have to get out of our heads and out of our worry, at least for part of the day, to find that type of rejuvenation of our spirit. And, and this gets back to the notion of control. You do have control whether you fast, whether you pray. Um, you don't have control over the number of masks that are being sent to the medical center. And you could complain and worry about that, but it's not going to change anything. But uh, even if you've never tried fasting before, even if you have not been spiritual, why not experiment with it? What a, you know, you, why not take... 30 or 60 minutes of your day and try and do something you've never done before. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, find something else tomorrow. Again, don't be hard on yourselves during this time. Cut yourself slack and do focus on what you can control. Okay, be kind to yourself. We have another call coming in from Eva Beach. Jesse, you're on the air. Yeah. Hi. Um, I was listening to the first caller who was worried about people getting too close. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was in a supermarket older with relatively narrow aisles, and if somebody got close, all I did was turn around and uh, face away from them. Perfect. Fussing about you're, it. You're taking control over your situation. That's exactly. perfect. So I thought I'd share that with other people. Very good. You know, we had another caller on the line, a shy caller. Uh, Peter, uh, he feels that uh, uh, some people are ignoring uh, the uh, social distancing. And before it seemed that only the seniors were dying from this disease, but that's not true. He says we're seeing that COVID affects all demographics, all ages. And he wants to spread the message that young people need to be more cautious. That's right. Any of us who have known or had or lived with or taught teenagers know that that's a real challenge. Teenagers are going to live forever. They can do anything. <laughs> uh, so this is a real good time for parents to have serious talks about their kids and, and not only talk about the risks to the kids themselves, but also the social responsibility. I think this is a wonderful time to teach social responsibility to their teens. You know, uh, I do want to mention because so many of our health care wor workers are out there on the front lines fighting this battle. Uh, what about the stress levels for them, and how do we keep them safe? This is overwhelming. In fact, the Hawaii Psychological Association is putting together a support group for healthcare professionals right now, and those we've reached out to have often burst out in tears and thanks for how much they need this right now. There's, they're just like the people at Safeway or these other shops that are putting themselves out there are very nervous about doing so, and the healthcare workers are really on the front lines of this. Uh, they feel the responsibility, the obligation to be there, and uh, thankfully they are out there doing this, but the stress on your healthcare providers is huge right now. So. Please send your prayers and your thanks to them. Right, and if you have any masks or any of the uh, the PPE that they need, uh, uh, please do that. We only have about a couple of minutes left. Any final thoughts? Dr. Spiro? 
Well, again, I really like to focus on, again, reinforcing the notion of control what you can, let go of what you can't, or at least try and set aside what you can't, don't linger on it. There's a lot that you can do to make this a positive situation for you in a, in a not such positive environment. What can you do that can make this next few weeks, next few months perhaps, the best few months possible for you? What could you learn? How could you improve your health, your state of mind? What could you do to make this the best time possible for you? And Dr. Marks? I would, I would concur 100%, but I would also add it's a process of two step forward and one step bad, back. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And this is a tremendous opportunity to, to change your life, to find new, even if it's simple as finding a, a new book to read or to, to look for an instrument to play or something. But the key word I'd like to leave you and your listeners with is control. Please try to focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't control. We like to think that we're in control of our destiny. Um, and I, I would say also, you know, this notion of, of it, we've been living the way we've been living for, for years, uh, cannot change overnight, but, but, but take tiny steps. And I'm going to say it a third time, I think, on this show, keep a journal. What did you do well today? What are you proud of? Uh, what can you do better tomorrow? And this, it's only for yourself. It's only to help yourself get better. And if you help yourself get better, you're going to help the social community get better. Well, thank you for those strategies. Thank you for those kind words, Dr. Mitchell Marks and Dr. Jim Spira. And we thank you, the listener, for joining us on today's show. If your call didn't make it on the air or if you had a question that didn't get answered, contact the Talkback line. Leave those comments, 808-792-8217. You can also send us an email at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. And if you want to listen back to today's show, check out the Conversation Podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org.